Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And thank you, Alec Webb. Welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek podcast number 183. We're in our Studio C at MotorWeek headquarters in lovely and beautiful Owings Mills, Maryland. Around the table today, four pumped-up automotive guys. I've got Ben Davis. Hey, guys. He's our road test producer. Our online content coordinator, Greg Carlos. That's me. Our over-the-edge guy, Zach Mescal. How you doing? And our video producer and editor, Joe Ligo. Got my hat. Who's also the ball producer cat. of the podcast. Nice ball cat. He's, he's, they're just commenting on everybody's wardrobe. We got a viewer question. We have lots of questions. We have Zach's going to tell us what he's been up to lately. Uh, we're talking about Ford's biggest, most expensive SUV and also their smallest, lowest price crossover. Where do we start? Let's start with the small end of the game. The uh, 2018 Ford uh, EcoSport, their um, subcompact entry into the crossover world that's been around for a long time. It's primarily designed to be sold in the Far East in India, and I believe it's made in India. Is that correct? Anybody remember? Uh, I think that's right. I think it might be made in more than one place. But anyway, it's a new entry. It hasn't been had much done to it to uh, make it Americanized. Uh, Two engines, a one-liter turbo I3 and a two-liter I4, which is the one we tested. Okay, let it rip. <laughs> well, to, to clarify, because Greg had to explain this to me, it's called the Echo Sport. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I call no, it? No, no, you're right. right. I got, right. I got right. it, Echo. But if the it's view, Eco, if the, Eco Boost yes. and Echo Sport. Yes, because I, I kept getting it wrong, and it's Greg not corrected eco. me. It is not Eco Sport. No. It's Echo. To start yeah. it off, it is solid, basic transportation, and the one we had was a two-liter with all-wheel drive. Granted, it was a little cramped inside, and it was about as stiff as a... Horse-drawn wagon, <laughs> um, but it did have all-wheel drive, um, and, and it was it, very modern. And it'll get them in the dealerships. I'm not going to say that the take rate is going to be huge. If you drive one, then most likely you're going to upgrade to something a little bigger, a little more comfortable. But like an Escape, it is cheap, so it'll get you in there. And if you like it, good and for you. To be fair, we do clamor a lot for just cheap, basic transportation. Now we specifically call for. Like base pickup trucks, I think, and mm-hmm. then maybe like a cool sporty hatchback. So this, we can't be too upset that somebody has given us this, but it's then the, the reality is yeah. we get inside of it, and it's way smaller than we even expect it to be. Because I drove it a lot, and I honestly just got tired of getting in and out of that thing. Because it's it's a task. <laughs> you could overlook one or the other. If it rides rough, that's one thing. True. If it's tough, if it's tight, yeah, then but it that's does another. it does have the tech that you want. I mean, for a young person who wants to buy a new car, you live in the city. It has Apple CarPlay, which Ford hadn't had for a while, and they're now just putting in into a lot of their cars. It had um, a lot of room in the back. I mean, not so much leg room, but when you you had the old style flip fold second row seat, but you had actually a pretty big cargo bay. I could definitely see a couple of my friends tall. that live in the city buying that car. I mean, you know, they're That's not car, it was for. they're not car people. Um, you know, it's got the the Echo Sport name. I don't really think it's that sporty, mm-hmm. but I mean, this is a decent A to B car. It's yeah, like you guys are saying, the tech was there, the interior wasn't terrible. Yeah, it's small, but like I said, a lot of my friends that need parking passes and stuff to park on these streets by Camden Yards and stuff. 
I mean, they love it because you zip right in. It's easy to park. Now they're probably only going to keep this current model a couple more years, so there's probably a new one coming that'll have more us more in mind. But here's a question for you: With Ford doing away with traditional cars for almost the most part. And they keep saying we're going to have all these new low-end vehicles with hatchbacks and four-wheel drives and all this to make sure that entry-level buyer has got something to choose from. Does something like the Echo Sport work in that scenario? If you were a parent and you took your sibling in, or you know, not sibling, your, your kid in, uh, to look at something like that, is that a reasonable first vehicle? Sure. I think a parent would feel a lot more comfortable with their kid driving that instead of a Fiesta. Yeah, Why? I mean, I think it just the look, the I you know, I don't know if they're actually going to compare like IHS ratings on it, but I think the look of it looks a little bigger, a little higher stronger, ground clearance, higher ground clearance, sure. all wheel drive, more or something. it the gives pers- the appearance yeah. of more room inside whether or not it actually does over Fiesta, I don't know, but yeah. I think that perceived safety there you go. Yeah. If you look at the list of what it offers, it looks very attractive on paper. And if you mm-hmm. tell a parent you only got a one liter engine, they think safe. So, right, and, and I, I drove that engine extensively in Europe on a C Max, and I have to say, it surprised me. That's that one liter, one liter inline three. Yeah, they Ford did a PR stunt. It where was, I guess you can it wasn't fit that, that rough. You can fit that engine into a carry-on bag. Like if they did. It was a couple years ago, but I remember they did a thing where if you tear the whole engine apart, you can fit all the components no into kidding. a carry-on oh, bag. Fun. I thought that was kind of. I fun. used to beat around in a three-cylinder Metro well, back go. in the nineties. <laughs> so it's a ton of fun. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Now we go from the smallest to the biggest. Our 2018 Lincoln Navigator. Believe it or not, the North American Truck of the Year award winner uh it's a three and a half liter twin turbo eco boost v6 um it's pricey 72 grand and up it basically is the same as the expedition as far as mechanics but very different inside and out you can, and, and you, you can know, spec look it out, up to like 100 grand uh, uh, cadillac uh, this is your new big uh, contender yeah, and you guys got to check out the interior options. Joe was showing them to me when we yeah, first got that I'm, thing in. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. The one that we drove was just kind of a basic black leather and wood, pretty. But then you look on the web and you see they have these. Re- they have one called the Yacht Club yeah, trim. That they're, sick. they're making oh, an all-out push oh, to almost have a custom built vehicle mm. oh so. the the yacht club one has like baby blue leather and like teak wood inserts on the the dash and then they I mean, have like a burgundy one on it and it's like it's like horse themed or like you know wine themed or something rich people stuff yeah. that's rich the themes <laughs> but yeah. the, the the high-end interior is a sailboat to all right own. let's talk you about something captain about. embroidery on your ball cap <laughs> what, what, what did it drive like well, the se- let's just say the seats were super comfortable, by the way. They're just as comfortable as You're probably look. telling people everything they really want to know about the Navigator. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously. It, it drives big, yeah. and it drives quiet, and it drives comfortable. It Not too soft for you? I had it on the track, and it was uh, the steering seemed a little slow and numb, but, I mean... It's a navigator through a cone mm-hmm. course. What do you, you expect? Were, you were doing hot, like mid fifteens in the quarter mile. It does haul the, the groceries. Pools. Yeah, right. I was doing. You know, I was in the high fourteens. How did it break? Wow. 
because it does seem to have a fairly soft version were, of the suspension. Yeah, the brakes were um, 120 feet well, pretty consistently with no pretty fade. Amazing they for really that brought vehicle. they brought it down. I think hard. they had good feeling too. Yeah. From good what feeling, I easy pedal. I mean, even the frailest of legs could operate this brake pedal in yeah. emergency it's situations. No super problem. easy to drive, and I was really impressed with the body roll on the thing. Like, huh. I could definitely take it around turns on my my one favorite road. I take every car we get. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, that's not what I thought. It's pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Predictable, very, yeah. I know I, it's, but it's still big. You know it's big. I know that sure. uh, Cadillac is hurrying up the next Escalade because of it. So yeah. they're, they're feeling they've already, what, discounting the Escalade 10 grand? Call like me that? crazy. I, and I very well could be. You're but crazy, man. Doesn't the Tahoe have more Ford flavor in it? than the navigator and the navigator seems to have more sh- more gm flavor in the design in than, like the language you're saying well if you look it looked like a ford to me look like it did really and when i saw this nav i first thought that kind of looks like what the tahoe should have looked like and huh. vice versa to me I, the interior damn, i'd agree with you the interior has i don't want to it has a gm flavor to it because i think it's so ornate mm-hmm uh, and an, an older GM flavor. I mean, the interior is pretty striking. I don't like uh, okay. the gauges, but you when you look at the different shapes and the way that the screen sets up, it kind of reminds you <laughs> of a Buick or something old Delta Delta There is some kind of throwback. I was aspect. a little confused at first looking at it because yeah. um, it's all from afar. I'm like, okay, that, that definitely caught my eye. What is this? But the and best then, thing is. It doesn't feel like an expensive Ford, right? Like that's what no, they've been I trying think it has so its own hard. Character. I think it feels like that's a, a really a different good point because it doesn't yeah. just feel Very like oh, point. it's an expedition. I paid yeah. more money for it. Not, not, mm. not at yeah. all. Because the that's expedition the key. they've been does. doing a really good job of differentiating the brand. I think this is by far the best yet. Yeah. The my, my, I'll get in my one big gripe, and that is. We haven't figured out how to bring up any real gauges. All you've got is a pointers for your tack and speedo, and then you got a digital speedo in the middle. Mm. Um, you want more not info sure from the gauge cluster? Yeah, I'd like to actually see, you know, something. And it's just a like black highlights screen. in the tack. It yeah. just kind of highlights. It's almost like, like a oh, you're image. at twenty seven hundred. Right. I'm like, I think, hold on, uh, where am I right now? That's a Jags and Land Rovers do a similar thing yeah. where like you only see. A little bit before and right. after the, and that's the needle. It's like a flashlight in the dark kind of thing with yes. the gauges. Yeah. Exactly. That's a very good analogy. I've got a quick gripe to add. Um, I believe it's pretty much the same block as in the Raptor, same transmission. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, in the Raptor, I didn't notice. I noticed a little bit of clunky downshifting in casual driving, a little. But in the Navigator, I noticed it a lot more. And sometimes it's kind of loud, kind of a de- kind of in, like an, an old-fashioned Detroit clunk. Yeah, like the <laughs> clunk that my Tahoe does, my yeah. 01 Tahoe. I get a lot of that hard clunk, too, but that car's got, you know, 180000 on it. I will say that it it is a expensive-looking vehicle, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interior is as elegant as anything I've ever seen built in this country. Uh, it's giving um, Cadillac fits, I understand, and uh, so I think they're going to do very well with it. It's also their new concierge vehicle. I guess they're doing a lot of uh, subscription services and concierge Dealer all based around extra, it. like yeah. they get a guy to bring it to your house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And the the one thing I uh, that stood out to me about it was just the the way, like you said, it separates itself, but also it, it 
people are buying them like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, they really are. And uh, gas prices are going up. But the Ford put out like a memo, a company memo that said that no Ford employees are allowed to buy it until for like another six months because they're selling every single yeah. one they build. Well, it's rated at 23 high weights, which for a vehicle that big is not bad. Yeah, and if you're currently in a vehicle that big, chances are this one's going to seventeen. This one's going to sip a lot yeah. less. Mm-hmm. All right, 2018 Lincoln Navigator. We're going to move on now to um, uh, our FY. I mean, not our FOI. Zach is here, for, and he's going to tell us what he's got in store for his upcoming Over the Edge through the summer, and maybe give us a hint on some of the ideas you're looking at for the fall and the new season. Sure. So. First of all, I definitely want to talk about uh, Race of Gentlemen. You guys have heard of that, Wildwood, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the coolest-looking like YouTube videos I ever came across a couple years ago. And I was like, man, that just looks like fun. So, I mean, it's just it is awesome, just the culture and just everything that goes on there. Everybody's, you know, um, there to just have a good time. They it's got a, a huge bonfire at night. Area. And everybody's dressed yeah. in the air, 50s, yeah. cool uh, pretty much. Yeah, Neon so, lights and... Yep, Indians, old Harleys. I don't think they allow any motorcycles are newer than 1947, if I recall. Um, And they handpick pretty much who can race. So from what I learned is, you know, racing pretty much, uh, you know, not saying that it started on sand, but especially when they were testing cars, they loved to do it on sand because if something got out of control, you know, they could steer it into the ocean. If, uh, you know, something happened, an explosion, whatever, you know, they could just pick up the pieces once it happened. But that kind of, that tradition, so did I they guess, race kinda, on the beach there? They do race so on the beach. Like they do the, it Saturday the and Northeast Sunday. Daytona. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. it's just a, so it's just a Different big culture. vintage race down the beach. Big in New vintage Jersey, race down the beach, but they also have maybe, uh, I think they might judge the cars that are there also. And that's the other cool thing. Not a lot of car shows have bikes and cars. So there's lots of 50s and 60s cars there. Um, rat rods, just all that, yeah. all that really cool stuff like bike, biker biker vibes to it um indians old harley davidson shirts all that good stuff so i mean if that's your thing then i would highly cool think place. about checking i like that, that out. there's a minimum age limit that's kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah for the bikes especially and i mean the cars have to be the same way because in, in everything i saw i mean there was nothing <clears throat> relatively new at all hmm. but yeah definitely well when you park them next to some of those vintage motels i mean they look like a time warp yeah 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 and uh, I don't know, everybody, you know, they're building these motorcycles in their garage. I mean, same with the cars. And, you know, I know uh, they have some guy that comes from Japan, I think it is, every year. So from he Japan. can race. And it's just, yeah, it looks like a blast, man. It makes me kind of want to build a build up an old Indian or something. What else you got up your sleeve? <clears throat> um, so we also have, uh, it's called Impact. It's in the Poconos, Pocono Raceway. Poconos. Um, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, been around for, I think this is going to be the eighth annual year coming up in August. And uh, it's just a huge, like, European car show. But, you know, the thing that I love about it the most is you don't just drive in hard park and get out and talk to your friends, which is half the reason I don't really go to car shows much anymore because I just get so bored, man. Just walking around. I got to do walking stuff. Walking and looking. You got to move. Yeah. And so they got burnout competitions. They got drift taxi ride-alongs. They got roll <laughs> races. Um, do they and, do anything on the high bank or just use the infield or what? Uh, they do. I think the roll races are kind of in the middle of the they, high bank. I don't really know that yeah. they're doing anything. Well, it's not a steep, steep high bank. We used to test uh, – a lot of you – 
guys weren't with the show at that time, but we used to go up there two, three times a year. That was one of our the tracks we always went to, and it was always cold. I don't care what Seen time it in you the were retro born. reviews. You know, it's built in the in the mouth in the uh, mouth of a volcano. That's an oh, extinct cool. volcano. So you would be outside the track, and it would be one temperature. You'd be inside the cone of the volcano, which is where the track is, and it would be like 25 degrees colder, and the wind would blow. It was kind of a cool place. Dang. Well, this event's going to erupt. It's going to be sick. (laughs) Nice. Thank you, Zach. All right, we're going to move on to uh, our viewer questions. We've actually got a a number of them. We have questions about day-to-day testing uh, of the VW Beetle convertible versus the Beetle Coupe. How good is the top insulation? Does it take longer to warm up in the winter? Well, we really only had it at the the edge of the winter. That's true. I would say I was pretty impressed with the top insulation itself though it's not just you're not touching canvas there is no, a it's, like, it's a multi-layer it. top yeah. right i thought it was kind of was fairly quiet <laughs> yeah, i it thought was, it blocked out it a lot of noise pretty easy to forget that you're in a convertible mm-hmm. is the gas mileage any different than the coupe i'd say it's about the same it's a little heavier by what 200 pounds yeah. the epa i looked on fueleconomy.gov the numbers are the same and I mean, when I drove the Beetle convertible, we had you, you get what high twenties, low thirties, kind of no matter what. Uh, convertible top, did it leak? No leaks. And was it worth the extra money over the coupe version? That purely depends on whether or not you want a convertible. I, if I'm going to drive a Beetle, it's going to be a convertible, so it's worth it to me. There it's you one go. of the finer that's, convertibles that's, I've driven. That's the thing is, like, it what was other, very solid. Yeah, I didn't mind no cowl shake or anything. Mm. What other really convertibles nice. are there? I mean, I'd say the Beetle is one of the better choices for just a regular and, and use. Mini. One of the least expensive. Yeah, ones. Mini is right up yeah. there. Convertible. Yeah. It's okay. Like that answers um, those questions. Actually, came from. He also um, asked how long a convertible top usually lasts. No. That's, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's a maintenance store. thing. Whether you leave it out in the sun, yeah. whether mm-hmm. you take care of it and keep it clean, keeping it just washed is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're out, uh, Brian, the who came, question came from Brian in Dublin, Ohio. And, Brian, where you are, you pretty much need a garage in the wintertime. I would go 20 years in a garage, 10 years outside of a garage. I'd say that's very, very And it, they last longer when they're up, right? There's something about if you keep yes, it parked, even if it's inside, if you leave it down, crack. you crease it and stuff. Crease it, cracks, it, it does dry rot. Having owned a couple of convertibles. Having snow lay on top of yeah. it's an issue as well. Doesn't, doesn't Armor All and those companies build like a convertible top maintainer type liquid you could probably rub you, on it? My only recommendation is use whatever the manufacturer says do it and be careful of what you put on it yeah you don't want it to like dissolve the top or put a plastic coating on it that will crack yeah all right rants and raves anyone got anything on their mind hmm. i just <clears throat> was thinking about this the other day i think we were talking about our long terms like a podcast or two ago yeah yeah and we brought up the fact that we Seat all placement? think the no no no, no. <laughs> we brought up so, the fact that we think the cross track is i think we quoted dangerously slow and somebody got on and commented and said that we were wrong and that there were plenty of other cars that are slower. And and, that's and, and you're right. There are plenty of other cars that are slower. But I just want to kind of clarify what we mean. And I'll use an example of what I was doing yesterday. I wanted to go turn left across two lanes. And it's a kind of a blind corner. So you got to be confident and get out there. And once you make a decision, you got to go. And I was in the cross track. And... 
there's something about the way the CVT delivers the power mm-hmm. is that like immediately as soon as you touch the throttle, you get good power. But then it like flattens off immediately. Mm. It does. And yeah. that's what we mean by dangerously slow. So the numbers might not suggest that it's as slow as it is, but I swear, having driven it and all of us have driven it. It's That's less about the mean. numbers so, and it's more about right, the actual exactly. delivery yeah, on C- a real road. CVTs, yeah. basically, you get up to a pretty much preordained uh, RPM level, and then the transmission has to do its thing with the cones and the belts, and that takes time. Yeah. It's some of the same complaints we have about uh, poorly done electronic throttles, and almost every car has one now. We're having the same complaints about e-shifters where there's no real linkage. If you've got somebody coming at you and you need to go in reverse and you put it in reverse, it has to think about it for a half a second before you go. <laughs> some, so, are about, some are worse than others. Uh, sure. Some are much worse than others. So a lot of this new technology, it saves fuel and maybe it's more convenient, but I don't know. It, it's, yeah. so it, it I does, think, doesn't react as fast. I, I just wanted to clarify because I didn't. Well, I don't want to sound like we're beating up on that engine because we know that engine it's a great has engine. power. Yep, absolutely. It's just the way it's delivered in this particular application. It's. I mean, it can. The funny get kind thing of is, it's probably a software a fix, right? Like you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> just like Elon Musk. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I mean, that is one of the biggest things that kind of yeah. bugs me about that car, though. Every yeah, other than that, though, it. I mean, I really enjoy way. everything else about it's it. A, can you still get that with a manual? Anybody know off the top there? Yes, it's like in a base, could. base. And I think yeah. it might even be a six-speed manual now, too, for yeah, Subaru. So you got yes. options. But if you get a base-level sure, yeah. one, you sure. might have a pretty decent price tag then, huh? Dang. Probably does. All right, that wraps it up for our Motor Week Podcast 183. I want to thank everybody that's around the table today and also our audio engineer, Jim Bigwood, who makes us sound much better than we have any right to sound. Our podcast creator, Bob Mixter. And again, I mentioned that Joe Ligo here is our uh, our producer for the day, and he takes care of the video and audio uh, end of uh, what you'll see online. Uh, Let's see. That's it, I guess. Everyone watch Motor Week on public television stations across the country. Our website is motorweek.org. Pull down the uh, tab at the top, and you can get an accurate and up-to-date idea of where we're seen in the times. But also, if you missed that or you just want to see the show on someone else, go over to the Velocity Channel. Uh, We're on all the time there, but particularly on Tuesday nights. Thanks, everybody. And for everyone out there, thanks for being a major part of why we all do Motor Week. You've been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com, WeatherTech, Hum by Verizon, RockAuto.com, and State Farm. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.